Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Magic and the Moon podcast. As always, I'm your host, David. This week, I'm so excited to be back after a short little break over the holiday time to just uh, spend some time with my boyfriend and our family. And I hope that everyone listening had a nice holiday season and a nice winter break, whatever that might look like for you. Um, I am really excited about this coming new year and things that I have planned for the podcast. I have some exciting guests that I'm looking forward to having on the show, some new and some some returning friends, and I am very excited. So this week, I want to talk to you guys about um, Doreen Valiente. And for those who don't know, uh, I am an initiate of a coven-based initiatory tradition of Wicca. So as we will learn together in a moment, Doreen Valiente is very influential um, in most forms of initiatory Wicca. So I'm excited to talk about her. And for the sake of time, we're going to cover kind of a lot of things somewhat quickly. So let's get into it. So Doreen Valiente, whose birth name is Doreen Edith Domini Valiente, was an English Wiccan high priestess who was responsible for writing much of the early religious liturgy within the tradition now called Gardnerian Wicca. An author and a poet, she also published five books dealing with Wicca, witchcraft, and other esoteric subjects. She was born in a middle-class family in Surrey, England, in the UK, and she began practicing magic as a teenager. Working as a translator at Bletchley Park during the Second World War, she married twice during this period. Developing her interest in occultism after the war, she began practicing ceremonial magic with a friend while living in Bournemouth. She learned of Wicca in 1953, and she was initiated into the Gardnerian tradition by its founder, Gerald Gardner. She soon became the high priestess of the Bricketwood Coven and helped Gardner to produce or adapt many important scriptural texts for Wicca, such as the Witch's Rune and the famous Charge of the Goddess, both of which were incorporated into the early Book of Shadows. In 1957, a schism resulted in Valiente and her followers leaving Gardner and the Coven to form their own coven. And after investigating the Wiccan tradition of Charles Cardell, she was initiated into Raymond Howard's Coven of Afo in 1963. She went on the following year to work with Robert Cochran in his coven, the Clan of Tubal Khan, although she later uh, left this group as well. Doreen was really eager to promote and defend her religion, and she played a leading role in both the Witchcraft Research Association and then the Pagan Front during the 1960s and 70s. And the latter decade also saw her briefly involved in far-right politics. Um, There are theories out there that she may have done this as like an act of espionage on behalf of the British intelligence, Um, but we'll talk about that more later. And um, she was also a key interest in like lay hunter and proponent of like earth mysteries, as well as regularly writing articles on esoteric topics for various magazines. And from the 60s onward, she authored several books on Wicca specifically, and she contributed to the publication of works by her Wiccan friends, Stuart and Janet Ferrar, who were initiates of the Alexandrian tradition, and also of Evan John Jones. In these works, she also became an early advocate of the idea that anyone could practice Wicca without requiring initiation by a pre-existing Wiccan, while also contributing to and encouraging research into the history of Wicca. Living in Brighton during these years, she was a member of the Silver Malkin Coven and worked with Ron Cook, who was both her partner and initiate. And in her final years, she served as patron of the Sussex-based Center for Pagan Studies prior to her death from pancreatic cancer. Her magical artifacts and papers were bequeathed to her last high priest, John Bellum Payne, 
but donated them to a charitable trust, the Doreen Valiente Foundation, in 2011. Having had a significant influence in the history of Wicca, she is widely revered in the Wiccan community as the mother of modern witchcraft and has been the subject of two biographies. So Doreen um, is somewhat of a controversial figure for some of her political choices during her life. And again, those are kind of up to debate and speculation as to whether or not she genuinely was like this far right um, person or if she was kind of doing some espionage type things. Um, I don't really know. I'm just going to kind of present the historical information without really speculating much either way. But I do want to say that um, me telling you the events of Doreen's life is not an endorsement of everything she may or may not have done. Probably should go without saying, but just want to make sure those I's are dotted and T's are crossed. Anyways, moving on. So Doreen was born in London, uh, a suburb of London, rather, called Collier's Wood in Mitcham, Surrey, on the 4th of January, 1922. Her father, Harry, was a civil engineer, and he lived with her mother, Edith. Harry came from a Methodist Christian background, and Edith from a Congregationalist one, but Doreen was never baptized, which was kind of odd at the time, and due to an argument that her mother had with the local priest. So Doreen's mom, Edith, and the local priest had some kind of beef, and Doreen was never baptized as a child. Um... Doreen later would go on to say in her writings that she didn't really have a particularly close relationship with either of her parents, who she said were very um, obsessed with kind of climbing the social ladder, and that was something that she felt off-put by. But during her childhood, they moved to Horley in Surrey, and it was there, according to her accounts, that she later had a spiritual experience while staring at the moon. And haven't we all? From there, her family moved to the West Country and then to the New Forest, and in either late 1934 or 35. Doreen's mother left her father and took her to live with their maternal relatives in Southampton. Beliente first began practicing magic at the age of 13, performing a spell to prevent her mother from being harassed by a coworker, and she said that her spell worked. Her early knowledge of magical practice may have derived from books that she found in her local library. Her parents were kind of concerned by this behavior and sent her to a convent school. She hated the school, she despised it, and she left at age 15 and refused to return. She wanted to go to art school, but she instead gained employment in a factory before moving on to work as a clerk and typist at the Unemployment Assistance Board. During World War II, she became a foreign office civilian temporary senior assistant officer, in this capacity working as a translator at Bletchley Park. In relation to this work, she was also sent to South Wales, and it was there in the town of Barrie that she met Joannes Vlacopoulos, a Greek seaman in the Merchant Navy. Entering a relationship, they were married in East Glamorgan on the 31st of January, 1941. However, in June of 1941, he was serving aboard the Pandius when it was sunk by a German U-boat off the West African coast, and he was declared missing in action and presumed deceased. Now a widow, during 1942 and 43, Doreen had a number of short-term jobs in Wales, which again, some speculate may have been a cover for British intelligence work. After October 1943, she was transferred to the Intelligence Services offices in Berkeley Street and in the Mayfair area of London, where she was involved in message decryption. In London, she met and entered into a relationship with Casimiro Valiente, a Spaniard who had fled from the Spanish Civil War, where he had fought on the side of the Spanish Republican Army before later joining the French Foreign Legion, where he was wounded at the Battle of Narvec and then evacuated to England. They were married on the 29th of May in 1944 at St. Pancras Registry Office. 
The couple later moved to Bournemouth, where Doreen's mother was living at the time. And they would later say that both she and her husband um, experienced racism after the war due to their foreign associations. Developing an interest in occultism, she began practicing ceremonial magic with a friend at his flat named Zerky, and she had obtained the magical regalia and notebooks of a recently deceased doctor who had been a member of the Alpha et Omega, a splinter group of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, where she also attempted to learn Hebrew, because it's used in many forms of ceremonial magic and still is. And it was at this point that she chose MF as her magical name. And I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it's A-M-E-T-H. Doreen was particularly interested in John Simon's book, The Great Beast, which was a biography of the occultist Aleister Crowley, who had founded the religion of Thelema in 1904. And following this, she avidly read a copy of Crowley's book, Magic and Theory and Practice, which she found in her local library. Alongside these, she also had some practical experience within esoteric religions of spiritualism and theosophy, having attended the services of a local Christian spiritualist church in Charminster. And this is where we kind of get um, into the time of her meeting Gerald Gardner, and then of course her involvement with Wicca. So Doreen had become familiar with the idea of a pre-Christian witch cult surviving into the modern period through the works of Charles Leland, who wrote um, the Gospel of the Witches, and then Margaret Murray, who really popularized the idea of the witch cult hypothesis, and then of course Robert Graves, um, who wrote The Golden Bow, and it's largely from his poetic ideas that we have the idea of a triple goddess and some eclectic solitary Wiccan spaces today. So it was in the autumn of 1952 that Doreen read an article by the reporter Alan Andrews in Illustrated Magazine called Witchcraft in Britain. Discussing the recent opening of the Folklore Center of Superstition and Witchcraft in Castletown on the Isle of Man, it mentioned the museum's director, Cecil Williamson, and its resident witch, Gerald Gardner. Intrigued by the article, Valiente wrote a letter to Williamson in 1952, who put her in contact with Gardner. Valiente and Gardner wrote several letters back and forth, and the latter eventually suggested that she meet him at the home of his friend and fellow Wiccan, Edith Woodford Grimes, who was known by the name Dafo and lived not far from Bournemouth in the Christchurch area. Before she left the meeting, Gardner gave her a copy of his 1949 novel, High Magic's Aid, in which he described a fictionalized account of Wiccan initiates in the Middle Ages. He allegedly did so in order to gauge her opinion on ritual nudity and scourging, both of which were present in the tradition that he was building. Gardner invited Valiente again to the Woodford Grimes house on Midsummer, 1953, and it was there that he initiated her into Wicca in a ritual during which they stood before an altar and he read from the Book of Shadows. The three of them set off to the prehistoric monument of Stonehenge in Wiltshire, where they witnessed the Druids performing their rituals there. Gardner had lent a ritual sword, which he owned, to the Druids, who placed it within the monument's heel stone during their rites. Valiente told her husband and her mother about the visit to Stonehenge, but not about her initiation into Wicca because she feared they would not approve. Later in the year, Gardner invited Valiente to visit him at his apartment in Shepherd's Bush, West London, and it was there that she met eight to ten members of the Bricketwood Coven, which met near St. Albans, north of London. She eventually rose to the ranks and became the coven's high priestess. The historian Ronald Hutton later commented that in doing so, she formed the second greatest collective partnership, excuse me, creative partnership of Gardner's life after that of Woodford Grimes, who was Dafo. Valiente recognized how much of the material in Gardner's book was taken 
from various sources, particularly that of Aleister Crowley, and she confronted him with this. And he claimed that the text he had received from the New Forest Coven had been fragmentary and that he had to fill in much of its sources on his own. She took the Book of Shadows and with Gardner's permission, rewrote much of it, cutting out a lot of the sections that had come directly from Aleister Crowley, fearing that his infamous reputation would reflect poorly on Wicca. In 1943, excuse me, in 53, she wrote Queen of the Moon, Queen of the Stars, an invocation for use in a winter solstice ritual, which was inspired by a Hebridean song found in the Carmina Gadeleca. With Gardner, she also wrote The Witch's Rune, a chant used um, for dancing in a circle, and she rewrote much of The Charge of the Goddess, with Ronald Hutton characterizing this as her single greatest contribution to Wicca, for which I agree. Her version of the goddess charge became the principal expression of Wiccan spirituality in the following years. Gardner had spent his summers at the Museum of Magic and Witchcraft on the Isle of Man, and thus often relied on Valiente to deal with his affairs in southern England. He sent her to meet the occult artist Austin Osman Spare when he wanted some talismans produced by the latter. Spare subsequently described Valiente as myopic stalking nymph, harmless and a little tiresome in a letter that he wrote to Kenneth Grant. At Gardner's prompting, Doreen, Doreen, Doreen uh, also met with the occultist Gerald York, who was interested in learning about Wicca. Gardner insisted that she lied to him by informing him that she was from a long-standing family of hereditary witches, but she aided him in preparing his second nonfiction book about Wicca called The Meaning of Witchcraft, which focused in particular on sensationalist accusations of the tabloid press and refuting them. However, Gerald's increasing desire for publicity, many of it ending up negative, caused conflict with Doreen and other members of the coven. And Doreen felt that in repeatedly communicating with the press, he was compromising the coven's security and safety. She was also not enthusiastic about some recent uh, initiates that Gardner had brought into the coven. The two factions that emerged in the coven, which were the anti-publicity group led by Valiente and the pro-publicity one led by Gardner, resulted in a split. In 1957, Valiente drew up a list of proposed rules of the craft, which were partly designed to curtail Gardner's publicity seeking. From his home in the Isle of Man, he responded that this was not necessary for a series of rules already existed, at which point he produced the Wiccan laws. These laws limited the control of the high priestess, which angered Valiente, who later realized that Gardner had made them up in response to her own proposed laws. In the summer of 1957, the coven split officially, and according to Doreen, she and her followers had had enough of the gar- <laughs> had had enough of the gospel, according to Saint Gerald. But we still believe that the real traditional witchcraft had lived on. And according to pagan studies scholar Ethan Doyle White, Wicca had experienced its first great schism. After breaking from Gardner's coven, Valiente formed her own coven as um, the high priestess and still followed the Gardnerian tradition as it was passed to her, albeit without the Wiccan laws, which she believed to be entirely Gardner's invention. However, this coven failed to last, breaking up amid arguments between the founders. In 1956, Valiente, along with her husband and her mother, moved into a basement flat in Lewes Crescent, Kemptown, and the southern coastal town of Brighton. Although in 1968, they moved into a flat more close to the town center. She befriended another Camptown resident, the journalist Leslie Roberts, who shared her interest in the supernatural. He attracted much attention to himself in the local press through his claims that practitioners of black magic were operating in the area. 
Valiente remained a good friend to Roberts until his death from heart disease in 1966. She also got back in touch with Gerald Gardner and rekindled their friendship, remaining on good terms with him until his death in 1964, and he left her 200 pounds in his will. During the early 1960s, she also developed a correspondence with two Gardnerian initiates in Sheffield, Patricia Crother and her husband, Arnold Crother, finally meeting them um, when they visited Brighton in 1965. After her mother's death in August 1962, Valiente felt that she could be more open about being a Wiccan. Eager to spread information about Wicca throughout Britain, she also began to interact with the press, sending a 1962 letter to the spiritualist newspaper Psychic News, and in 1964, being interviewed for her involvement with Wicca with Brighton's Evening Argus. During the 1960s, she began producing articles about Wicca and other esoteric subjects on a regular basis, for esoteric magazines such as Light, Fate, and Prediction. In this capacity, she also began to make experiences, excuse me, to make appearances on television and radio. She also involved herself on the newly formed Witchcraft Research Association, becoming its second president after the resignation of Sybil Leap, who we may talk about at another time. Valiente's letter of welcome was included in the first issue of the WRA's newsletter, Pentagram, published in August 1964, while she also gave a speech at the Halloween dinner in October. It was at this speech that Valiente proclaimed the Wiccan Reed. This was its first public appearance in recognizable form, with Doyle White arguing that it was Valiente herself who created and named the Reed. It was through the WRA that Valiente came to communicate with journalist Justine Glass, who was then conducting research for her book, Witchcraft, The Sixth Sense, and Us. Valiente began visiting local libraries and archives in order to investigate the history of witchcraft in Sussex. On the basis of this research, the esoteric press Aquarian published her first book, Where Witchcraft Lives, in 1962. Just as Gardner had done with his book, Witchcraft Today, here, Valiente did not identify as a practicing Wiccan, but instead as an interested scholar of witchcraft. It contained her own research into the history and folklore of witchcraft in her county of Sussex, which she had collected both from archival research and from the published work of historian Lestrange Ewen. It interpreted this evidence in light of the discredited theories of Margaret Murray, who claimed that a pre-Christian religious movement had survived to the present day when it had emerged as Wicca. Ronald Hutton later related that it was one of the first three books to be published on the subject of Wicca, and that the remarkable feature of the book is that it remains until the date, of, uh, which was 2010 at the time, the only one produced by a prominent modern witch that embodies actual original research into the records of the trials of people accused of the crime of witchcraft during the early modern period. In 1966, Valiente then produced a manuscript for a book titled I Am Witch, a collection of poems with a biographical introduction. However, it was never published because publishers did not believe it would be commercially successful. Valiente learned of the non-Gardnerian Wiccan Charles Cardell from a 1958 article and subsequently struck up a correspondence with him. Cardell suggested they pull their respective traditions together, but Valiente declined, expressing skepticism regarding his motives and conduct. In 1962, Valiente began a correspondence course run by Raymond Howard, a former associate of Cardell's. This course instructed her in a Wiccan tradition known as the Coven of Atho. In Halloween of 1963, she was initiated into the Coven of Atho, a ritual overseen by Howard, entering the lowest rank of the course and beginning to copy the teachings that she received into her notebooks, where she was able to identify many of the sources from which Howard had drawn fashioning his tradition. In 1964, Valiente was introduced to the pagan witch Robert Cochran, 
by mutual friend, the ceremonial magician William G. Gray, who had met at a gathering at Glastonbury Tor, held by the Brotherhood of the Essenes. And although skeptical of Cochrane's claims to come from a family of hereditary witches, she was impressed by his charisma, as well as his desire to avoid publicity and his emphasis on working magic outdoors. Feliente was invited to join Cochrane's coven, the clan of Tubal Cain, becoming its sixth member. However, she became dissatisfied with Cochrane, who openly committed adultery and constantly insulted Gardnerian Wiccans, at which point Valiente criticized him openly and left the coven. Shortly after, Cochrane committed ritual suicide on Midsummer 1966, and Doreen authored the poem Elegy for a Dead Witch in his memory. She remained in contact with his widow and other members of the coven, as well as with Gray, and proceeded to work on occasion with the Regency, a group founded by former coven members. Living in Brighton, Valiente took up employment in a branch of the Boots Pharmacist. In 1971, she appeared on the BBC documentary Power of the Witch, which was devoted to Wicca and also featured the prominent Wiccan Alexanders, who founded what we now know as the Alexandrian tradition of Wicca. That same year, she was involved in the founding of the Pagan Front, a British pressure group that campaigned for the religious rights of Wiccans and other pagans. In November of 1970, she developed a full moon inauguration um, for local branches of the Pagan Front to use, and on May Day 1971, she chaired its first national meeting held at Chiswick. In April 1972, her husband passed away. He had never taken an interest in Wicca or in esotericism, and Valiente later claimed that their relationship had been unhappy. Newly widowed, she soon had to move as the local council decided that her home was not fit for human habitation. She was re relocated into a council accommodation in the mid-1960s in Brighton. Her flat was described by visitors as cramped, being filled with thousands of books, and it was there that she met Ronald Cook, a member of the apartment block's residence committee, and they entered into a relationship, and she initiated him into Wicca, where he became her working partner and priest. Together, they regularly explored the Sussex countryside and went on several holidays to Glastonbury, further considering moving there. She also joined a coven that was operating in the local area after it was established by a Wiccan high priestess, Sally Griffin. During the early 1970s, Valiente became a member of the far-right white nationalist political party called the National Front for about 18 months, during which she designed a banner for her local branch. Her biographer, Philip Heselton, suggested the party's nationalistic outlook may have appealed to her strongly patriotic values and that she might have hoped the front would serve as a political equivalent to the pagan movement. At the same time, she also became a member of another, more extreme far-right group, the Northern League. However, she allowed her membership of the National Front to lapse, sending a letter to her local branch, stating that although she respected its leader, John Tyndall, and had made friends within the group, she was critical of the party's stance in opposition to women's liberation, gay rights, and sex education, all of which she championed as progressive causes. Heselton was also suggested um, that Valiente may have been joining these groups in order to investigate them and report back to British intelligence, but again, we don't know that um, for sure necessarily. It was in the early 1970s that Doriente, Doriente, that Doreen Valiente read John Mitchell's The View Over Atlantis and was heavily influenced by it, embracing Mitchell's view that there were ley lines across the British landscape that channeled the energies of the earth. She came to see the public emergence of Wicca as a sign of the age of Aquarius, arguing that the religion should ally with the feminist and environmentalist movements to establish a better future for the planet and its people. 
1978, Valiente struck up a friendship with the Alexandrian Wiccans Stuart and Janet Farrar, who were then living in Ireland. With the Farrars, she agreed to publish um, some of the content from the Book of Shadows in order to combat the garbled variants that had been released by Charles Cardell and Lady Sheba. The original Gardnerian-influenced material appeared in Farrar's two books, Eight Sabbaths for Witches and The Witch's Way, both published in 1984. In these works, Valiente and the Farrars identified differences between early recensions of the Book of Shadows and identified many of the older sources that it drew upon. Ronald Hutton believes the later scholars, such as himself, had to be profoundly grateful to the trio for undertaking this task. Doyle White opined that these publications, alongside Witchcraft for Tomorrow, helped contribute to the democratization of Wicca by enabling any reader to set themselves up as a practitioner. As an appendix to The Witch's Way, she also published the results of her investigations into Old Dorothy, the woman who Gerald Gardner claimed had been involved in the New Forest Coven. The academic historian Jeffrey Burton Russell had recently suggested that Gardner invented Old Dorothy as an attempt to hide the fact that he invented Wicca on his own, but Valiente disproved this, discovering that Old Dorothy was a real person, Dorothy Clutterbuck, and her biographer, Jonathan Tapsell, described it as one of Doreen's greatest moments. In the mid-1980s, Valiente began writing an autobiography in which she focused on her own place within the history of Wicca. It would later be published by Hale in 1989 as The Rebirth of Witchcraft. In this work, she did not dismiss Margaret Murray's witch cult theory, but did believe that Wicca was the survival of it by highlighting some contentious claims made by Gerald Gardner and Robert Cochran and Alex Sanders. Rather than insisting on the literal historicity of these claims, Doreen emphasized that she perceived the religion had value for the modern era. She also provided a foreword for Witchcraft, a Tradition Renewed, a book published in 1990 by Hale. It had been written by Evan John Jones, a former member of the clan of Tubal Cain who had also lived in Brighton. Philip Heselton has expressed the view that Valiente likely did more than this, and that she probably wrote some of the book's chapters herself. As Valiente became better known, she came to correspond with a wide range of people within the pagan and esoteric movements. Through this, she met the American Wiccan, Starhawk, whom she greatly admired, on one of the latter's visits to Britain. She also communicated with the American Wiccan and scholar of pagan studies, Aidan Kelly, during his investigations into the early Gardnerian liturgies. She disagreed with Kelly that there had been no new forest coven and that Gardner had made everything up on his own, instead insisting that Gardner had stumbled onto a coven in the new forest. In 1997, Valiente discovered the Center for Pagan Studies, a pagan organization based in the Sussex area that had been established in 1995. She befriended its founders, John Bellampane and his wife, Julie Bellampane, and she became the center's patron and gave several lectures for the group. In 1997, Cook died and Valiente was left grief-stricken. Her final public speech was at the Pagan Federation's annual conference in November of 1997, where she praised the work of early 20th century occultist Dion Fortune and urged the Wiccan community to accept LGBTQ people. Valiente's health was deteriorating at this time as she was diagnosed with diabetes and eventually pancreatic cancer, and John Pelham Payne and two of her friends became her primary caregivers at this time. Here she requested that Bellum Payne publish an anthology of her poetry after her death. She passed away into the Summerlands on the 1st of September, 1999, with Bellum Payne at her side. There was an all-night vigil held, and those invited included Ralph Harvey and Ronald Hutton. And after this 
was completed, her coffin was cremated at Brighton's Woodville Crematorium in an intentionally minimal service with John Bell and Payne, her last high priest and celebrant of the funeral. As per her wishes, her ashes were scattered in Sussex woodlands, and her magical artifacts and manuscripts, including her Book of Shadows, were bequeathed to John Bell and Payne, and her Book of Poems were published posthumously in 2000, followed by an enhanced second edition in 2014. I will include in the episode's description a link to the Doreen Valiente Foundation if you would like to learn more about her or perhaps make a donation. But I hope you enjoyed learning about this very, very fascinating woman and whether or not you are a Wiccan or an initiatory Wiccan or any other sort of pagan. I think we can all agree that this woman left um, a remarkable contribution to the modern witchcraft movement as a whole. And I hope you enjoyed learning about her with me. That's all I have for you this time. And I will see you next week.